Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. My co-host today is Jason. I've been trying to think of a way to ruin this intro. I think I just did it. Does that work? You nailed it, mate. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Today's topic, Hawkeye, the most unassuming of the Marvel shows on Disney Plus so far. It is the fifth TV series in the MCU produced by Marvel Studios, sharing continuity with the films of the franchise and taking place after the events of the film Avengers Endgame. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. And we're back with live action. We had animation last time with What If, but here we are, the fifth Marvel show on Disney+. Plus. It's weird thinking the fifth. In my head, I'm still thinking it's the fourth. I just want to forget what if. I, want to forget. You I don't care. It's animated. It's important. No, stop it. It is important. No, stop it. <laughs> it is. We it don't is know that important. yet. We don't know that yet. But yeah, Hawkeye. So we're, we're getting a Disney Plus show about one of the OG Avengers, the poor bloke who did not get his own movie. It worked out okay for him. I did hear at one point they were looking for this to be a movie. I think the character, the storyline from the comics that they were loosely basing it on, it really works for TV. So I'm glad that they put it out as a TV show. And I've got to be honest, I was really looking forward to this show. I think Jamie Renner as Hawkeye got a bad start. I mean, yes, he kind of got introduced in Thor, but it wasn't until the first Avengers we got him as Hawkeye, but almost as quick as we got him, he was taken off the board and he was under mind control. So for me, Hawkeye became a good character in Age of Ultron, and I've really liked him since. Oh, they really did. They did some course correcting with him um, in that, where you know, we always thought he was having a send off. We thought he was going to die in there. And at least that was the memories I had of him back then. But yeah, like, you know, he's become a cool character. He's a cool character that, you know, a lot of people even now still say, you know, oh, who cares? It's Hawkeye is probably the, the shittest Avenger. It's like, not true. Like, he still has some worth. And there's some interesting stories to tell when, you know, you have a man with no superpowers, just a really, really good talent up against these godlike beings, these, whether they're magical or, you know, Iron suits, aliens, radioactive, I don't know, sticking to wall power. It's, it's, it's pretty mental. And they do address that in this show a little bit. But, you know, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm like, cool, give me Hawkeye. Give me, a, give me a thing about Hawkeye, whether it's a movie, a TV show, whatever. I think this is a good format to sort of let the story be a little bit more streamlined. The trailers were presenting a Christmas adventure something maybe a little bit more lighthearted, expect a bit of action in it. We're going to get the Kate Bishop character. You know what? I was pretty, I was pretty pumped for it. I was happy to go in and see what they were going to give us. And the runtime as well, just six episodes. That's that going to be pretty standard. I think it's the shortest. No, I think it's the shortest one that they, they go, they do go longer than, than six. I mean, what if, 
was planned to be 10. They ended up doing nine. That's why we've got that missing Gamora episode. But I think eight for the live action one. I think that's the I think, usual. It, I think Falcon and Winter Soldier was six, wasn't it? I believe. Honestly, I'm thinking this is the shortest one. I'll go so with far. it. I'll go with it. We, we don't need to get bogged down in that detail, though. Let's just. <laughs> I, I think. I think it's it either, is. And let's just stand it. Let's go with that. Or it's not. <laughs> it I'm thinking matter. eight. I'm thinking eight is I think, standard. I think one division was longer, and then the rest have been six. I'm pretty sure. But again, I it mean, doesn't matter. It's not important. We've covered all of these, and you know, I've done a quick search, and you're absolutely right. Yes. Falcon and the Winter Soldier six. was six. I remembered it being longer, but obviously not the case. Felt longer. And one division <laughs> was nine. Was nine, yeah. But there they were go. shorter episodes, weren't they? They were a lot shorter. And then I'm just going to assume Loki was also six. Oh, I, I've, let's just let's move on. We don't need to <laughs> go through all of them. Okay, so as I've said, Jamie Reddick reprised his role as Clint Barton from the film series with Hayley Steinfeld, joining him as Kate Bishop. We'd heard about her casting. It felt like the longest time before it was made official. And ever since I'd heard her name in line with this character, I'm like, perfect. I know the character from the comics. I've seen her in Bumblebee. I know she's done other things. I've heard her in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse as Spider-Gwen. But based on Bumblebee, I'm like, yeah, I like her for Kate Bishop. She's, she's, a, she's a good actress. She's delightful. She's, you know, nice on the eyes, which, you know, also is a plus. You know, like she, she's pretty much, a, like, if she's not already, she's on her way to being, like, one of those rising superstar type people, like, completely unfair um, what she's been given um, in her, as, as, a, as a human being. So good for her. So, yeah, I was, I was stoked to have her play this character in this show. Um, i got to say that I was worried after that first episode. I was like, oh, man, this is really a Kate Bishop show. Yeah, the show did go back to being more about Clint Barton. But that first episode really was, hey, this is Hayley Steinfeld's show. Even the opening credits yeah, really, Hayley Steinfeld, Kate Bishop. She it really does. I'm like, oh, man. Okay. Yeah, it really does lean into her. I mean, essentially, she is his sidekick. But it's not like... Batman and Robin, this partnership is Hawkeye and Hawkeye. (laughs) Yeah. They both have the same names. You know, in the comics, they are both running around as Hawkeye. The older Hawkeye, still an Avenger. The younger Hawkeye is a young Avenger. It's confusing. It is. It is confusing. (laughs) But honestly, so much of the dynamic of those characters, if I notice the host characters, a lot of the characters in this show is directly from the comics. I do know writer Matt Fraction, I think he's credited, he's, he's got some sort of credit, whether it's, I think he's a consultant. So he's at least acknowledged, but the, the artist, David Arger, isn't. And a lot of the title cards and you know, the opening title sequence is really influenced by his art style. So it's unfortunate that he does seem to be getting shortchanged here. And this 
even though so the comic essentially you've got Clint Barton, it's his day off, or he's got a few days off from the Avengers. He owns a building, he's got tenants, and he's all banged up, he's bruised, he's got plasters on. What they're doing with the show is slightly different. The reason why he's getting banged up and the reason why he's away from everybody else, but so much of this show is because of those guys in the comic they did. The artist in particular, I feel like, just doesn't get enough credit. That's that's probably that's probably fair. I mean, I'm not familiar with. Oh, I, I admit it. Like, I've never read a Hawkeye comic ever, ever. Um, so I have to take your word for it. But I know, like, you know, in the real world, there's a lot of conversation at the moment around sort of giving credit where it's due, whether it's to artists or particular comic run writers uh, and stuff like that. So, eh, you know, I guess we're in that sort of territory now when a little, like I said, the conversations are happening. So hopefully that improves in future. But um, like you said, you're saying that some guys need some extra credit with this and then yeah, but it. it's but it's just it it was it was a partnership you had the writer and the artist and the writer's getting credit anyway it's it's been talked about online already but it's it just seems odd that the the look of that comic is the look of this show and that's not and, a coincidence. and you're saying more more than just the opening credits like the actual like the show itself the show, so I get the writer getting credit because, again, the dynamic. Like, similar to how it's written in the show, that's the comic. Okay. And the inclusion of Pizza Dog only ever appeared in that comic. Okay. But anyway, anyway, we can, we can move on. The show premiered with its first two episodes on November 24th, 2001, and ran for six episodes, concluding on December 22nd, and of course, this is part of phase four of the MCU. So here we are, 2nd of January, recording this episode. In an ideal world, it would have been that lead up to Christmas, but it's a mad time of the year. So would it's actually the, the last podcast we're going to record together before our year in review for that film stew. So it's still kind of the end of last year. But as you said, this is a Christmas-themed show. By that, I mean it takes place at Christmas time, like Die Hard. Iron Man 3. Okay. And Die Hard. <laughs> I was trying to keep it Marvel. Iron Man 3, Shane Black, or pretty much any Shane Black movie, really. That's his go to, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, you know what? Most recently, Spider Man Far From Home. Not Far From Home, No Way Home. God damn it, we're still doing that. Spider Man No Way Home. Uh, <laughs> without giving any details, but we see the same christmas tree in new york which City. is cool which is cool which is cool it is it's a it's a nice bit of connective tissue isn't it it's like you don't get spider-man in this show but you get the christmas tree from spider-man so there you go although in this show that christmas that christmas tree gets cut in half and knocked over and i don't know do they blow it up something happens to it. spider-man clearly swings past first that is Wait. how we're going to deal or with it they fix the christmas tree just in time for that swing. I don't know who. Yeah, I think knows, man. he was swinging past before the events <laughs> of the final episode. The series received positive reviews with critics highlighting its action sequences and the lead actor's chemistry. And even though, as you say, it did seem to start off as more of a 
Kate Bishop show, it does become a two-hander. And yeah, they have great chemistry. Like pretty much from the get-go, they've got really good chemistry together. I can agree. I can agree that the, you know, like back and forth, you know, like Clint Barton is an adult man and he's very, his head is screwed on enough to know that, hey, I'm not going to put this young person. She's not a teenager. I think they say she's like 20 years old or something. Uh, like, but essentially in his mind, he's like, I'm not putting this young person in danger, um, setting her up to do these things. Like she's not a superhero. Like I like that it wasn't just stupid where it was like, oh, I'm, yeah, yeah, let's go fight crime. Let's go do stuff. It was, he really needed to be pushed to allow that to happen. And then you get a bit of banter because of that conflict that he's having, which is, which is fun for the most part. Uh, I lost Even my train then, of thought, but, but uh, I was well, going somewhere with that. But, <laughs> but on matter. that though, the reason why he does stick around, like it's not because he's looking for a sidekick. He recognizes that because she put on the Ronin suit, which we saw him wear in He's Endgame. Like responsible now for yes, yes. So it works. He's not looking for a sidekick, but he feels responsible for anything that could happen to her. So he's sticking around to protect her. Jamie Renner as an actor, I like him. He's good. Haley Steinfeld, you know, we talked about her already. I'm going to think it's because of the way that Renner plays Hawkeye from the films in this show, out of the two of them, it de- it looks like one of them wants to be there a lot more than the other. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I'm not saying, saying that's Hayley Steinfeld I'm, wants to be there. Of course they Jeremy Runner is like, <laughs> ah, almost doing a... So I'm not saying... Yeah, almost doing a Bruce Willis, I'm let's not, just say it. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> like a modern Bruce Willis. I'm not saying it's quite that like, but it's, it's the character. And he is a bit fed it up. Is the he doesn't, his character doesn't want to be there with her. It feels an obligation, but he wants to be at home with his with his kids, with his yeah. wife. So Classic I Christmas it, story. Got to get home in time for Christmas, but there's something. It is. It. it is, uh, but. Yeah, sprinkle the marbles. But at times, I was feeling maybe it was the actor, but maybe I'm really too much into it. But she was all plucky and happy to be there, but. I guess no, that's I the do, character. I do think Bishop. I do think it is the characters, and that's the obviously the contrast between the two of them. Having said that, though, even though she's, you know, she's happy-go-lucky, she's enthusiastic. She, you know, saw Hawkeye, you know, during the New York invasion, and was like, "Oh, I want to be that like that guy." Um, but you know, like there's there's an energy to her. I've got to admit, for the like the first half of this series three episodes also three or four i don't know it's to me she's not a very likable character i'm just gonna put it out there she's not that you know despite being energetic bubbly trying to be funny i guess i don't know she's she does come across as and i I know it's just the character just like she plays it like a teenager like a spoiled teenager overconfident cocky um almost like annoyingly enthusiastic where it's like like no we can do this let's get super suits and let's go fight crime and you know we're partners now and it's just like just shut up like you can shoot now yeah. like just stop it i i get it but that wasn't my experience at all and and yes she is a rich kid and she's over 
enthusiastic, but it's also the start of this character's arc. Like when we're at a time now, whether it's Marvel TV or film, they're going to weave in and out. And I do think the films are going to get to a point when they are going to do Young Avengers and we're going to see her on the big screen. And she won't be the character as introduced now. So she's got a lot of learning to do. Yes, like she's skilled in combat, archery and all of that. But she's got a lot of growing to do. And I've just looked down at my notes. In the show, she's 22. 22. That's right. how old Kate right. Bishop is. But yeah, I, I liked the character, you know, as a, as a starting point. And yes, yeah, she's eager. But you've got to think, like, to her, like, Hawkeye is her number one. It's not like she's a big fan of Captain America, Iron Man. Like, it is Hawkeye. <laughs> and he's the one that she saw, as you say, in the Battle for New York when she was a kid, and now she's face-to-face with him. So she's giddy. She's excited. She's it's, over. It's just funny. Yeah, if, she had, if she had seen another, like, one of the other Avengers, she'd be like, I want to be a hammer-wielding, like, muscle builder. <laughs> so, I don't know. <laughs> like, I mean, she she already had the bone arrow as a kid, so I guess, I guess the, the yeah. connection was was quick for her to to make. You know, I read something online and someone pointed out and, you know, I don't quite buy into it, but saying that if you're going to look at characters who could be the new Tony Stark, people uh, point into Clint Barton. Clearly, he's not got the intellect of Tony Stark and he's nowhere near going to be the new Iron Man. But it was interesting, the thing they were pointing to, the trick arrows, which were a lot of fun in the show. And we've seen him fire arrows in the past, but not like he's doing in this show. And we're actually seeing him with Kate in a workshop making arrows. So it's fun to have a guy that's still building tech, even if it's just arrowheads. I thought can that I, was pretty fun. Can I say something about the, the, the trick arrows? And there's something yes. in this show that just griped me so bad with them. All right. So when... When Hawkeye's shooting just a normal arrow up, and he not he can he can take down dudes with an arrow. He'll shoot it, it'll hit them, they'll fall down. Pretty pretty effective weaponry he's got there. He'll use he'll use a trick arrow. It'll do something stupid like become a big purple blob or like blow something up or you know like I don't know. There's a few different trick arrows that he would shoot, and yeah. They just wouldn't do anything. Like they would do their thing, and it's like you could have just shot an arrow. Like I, I don't know. Okay, I wanted, okay. to, there's, I there's... wanted to have fun. Yeah, no. Arrows, but I'm like, I can't get, point? I can't get on board with this. No, nope. I can't get on board with this because when we first meet, You're stupid. No, I disagree. When no, we first meet Hawkeye, like, and when he was first with Black Widow, Budapest, all of that, <laughs> shoot to kill. He was an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., had a license to kill. That's what he did. Now he's an Avenger, and like in the comics, he is using trick arrows. But if we're looking at that scene, the car chase scene, cool she's scene. passing him arrows, or he's yeah. passing her. Like it's, it, wasn't, it wasn't intentional. Like He's going to use what's at hand. And at one point, she pulls out a plunger arrow, and she's like, why would you even have this? You know, it's which we you know is a, a little bit of fun, but that that's where he's at. He's not shooting to kill, so that's why he's got trick arrow similar to well, I said similar, just like 
Green Arrow in DC. It's taken them how many films, his own show, for not only having trick arrows, but to have him dressed in purple. And the way that they brought that into the show was genius. Like you had the group at the park, LARPing. That's what you call it, isn't it? Live yeah, action. LARPing, yeah. yeah, LARPing. Yeah. And there's and Kate's like, oh, can you make me a suit? Can you make me two? And the fact she gives him the suit, and then when she sees he's actually wearing it, she's surprised by it. I thought that would that was a good way. I mean, and um, she even does yeah. the um, the sketch, like you know, this is what it could look like. He's got like a big H <laughs> on his head. And he's With like, the That's big him from the comics. Yeah. Which was great. But I thought because we've talked about what she's like as a character, like even a show like this, which, you know, has a lot more, I mean, even for a Marvel show or, well, just MCU anything, has a lot more humour than I think you'd normally get. Even with that, having Hawkeye suddenly wearing a bright purple superhero costume, it would have been odd for Clint Barton to choose that. So the fact that she chose it for him it works as a way of getting him in a comic accurate costume. But I'm glad they didn't go the full, you know, what she drew down on that. Absolutely. Paper that. Like that. Ridiculous. 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 <laughs> and at least we it got to been. see that drawing as a bit of an Easter egg. Like, okay, cool, cool. What he's wearing, even though, you know, it has that purple color, it's still like a muted dark purple. It does sort of essentially just look like a stealth suit. Which works. It's fine. Like it's all good. It, it doesn't look like he's wearing a superhero suit. It looks like he's wearing a very functional, stealthy suit with a bit of color on it. With a purple arrowhead on the chest. Yeah, 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 it's, it's, fine. yeah it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's fine. more it's fine. in it the works. show. It's it more works. muted. It, no, I love it. In yeah. marketing, though, they can make it look. They can like turn up the contrast. Oh, by, yeah, I know, but they make, it looks though. brighter in marketing. Like if you, you know, you're on the menu on Disney Plus, it looks a lot brighter. But it looks good. It looks like a good suit. Hopefully, they they have it stick around when he's with the Avengers again. Whenever that's going to happen. Yeah, and I'm sure they'll. I'm sure they'll update it. And so, just with the with the LARPing dudes, I'm like, okay, yeah, we had a we had a bit of fun with them and stuff. Just I don't know. I'm jumping to like the last episode, but that that scene where they're trying to evacuate people and direct them where where to go and stuff they literally take like hey let's just this isn't working let's take 20 minutes to go get into our laughing costumes because people will take us more seriously when we're dressed up that made no sense not the fact that okay that that people would listen to them dressed up but just the fact that they're like let's just stop what we're doing take five go get dressed come back however long that's going to take oh, i was just like it's just there's so many stupid moments like that in the show that i'm like ah oh, like I know they're but trying, tonally, to, be, they're trying tonally, to be funny yeah. and be within that MCU tone and I get it and I'm like, cool. And they're going for something a little bit extra in this. You know, it's Christmas, it's fun, it's light. But at the expense of the seriousness, the tone, like the of the realism of the world, it's like you're just breaking reality and it's stupid. Yeah. I mean, there's, I, there's, a I, of, there's a lot of things. I didn't love that. I didn't love that to be honest, but tonally it fit. I thought he, the rest it of the worked. stuff with the last guys, pretty fun. It was, seeing it was confidence. Yeah, they, interacting. They felt them. more. They felt more confident in costume, and you know what? It's New York. Everyone's got a costume, so they just thought, <laughs> "Let's make it more costume. official." We're working with not one but two Hawkeyes. 
So let's get in costume and maybe people will pay us some more respect. I don't know. It's, yeah, it, I, I get it. I get your point. You know, I completely missed who this character was supposed to be. So we've got Tony Dalton. He's playing Eleanor's new fiance. I yeah. didn't know. Remind me until... of who, who he's meant. It's like, it's like the swordsman or something like he's that. He's the like, swordsman. Is yeah, that what it's called? Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's who he is. Like if, you're, if you're going back to the comics and not the run I've talked about already, but the original run of Hawk, like when Hawkeye was first introduced, he was a bad guy. And he went up against the Avengers and he got took down by Captain America. And then he joined the Avengers and became a good guy. That's how Hawkeye was first introduced. But he was trained by Eleanor's fiance Jack, that swordsman. So obviously it's a different origin in this show, but I completely missed when I was watching it, even though it's great with a sword. He has a fantastic mustache, but I missed <laughs> it was supposed to be that character from the comics. This this character, like for me, I went on a on a journey with him for like the first maybe it was the first two or three episodes. I was like, ah, oh, this is such an an over the top antagonistic character. Like, you know, you know, like I'm trying to get on board with you know with Kate Bishop, and I'm trying to be on her side, and she's got to deal with this, you know, this this stepfather type figure. There's obviously something sinister with him, you know, and that they're, they're they're sword fighting. Like this is this is crazy. He's obviously up to no good. And then either by episode three or four, it's like, man, this guy is so ridiculously likable. What is going on? When did that <laughs> switch change? What happened? And then he's just like this goofy, fun, like charismatic guy swooping up, you know, like you know, Kate Bishop's mom. And it's it's like. You know, she's smart, cracking a smile. Kate's cracking a smile, smiling him as they're dancing. And I'm like, what is happening? (laughs) Yeah, because you're right. Sure. Yeah, he's so he's so likable, and they call him out. Like, you know, what is it? What is it with you and never getting phrases right? And even (laughs) says a couple. That's how you say it, right? That's right. See, you're right. Like, it's like, why are they making this guy so likable? But then when he's is found to have committed a crime, it gets taken away. And then when it's revealed that it was all false, it was set up, you're like, good, I like this guy. I want him to stick around. And then they he does really, actually help out. They've really, yeah, he did. He's, he's like a key player in the final episode, like doing bits and pieces, you know? And he enjoys sword play. So like, not only is he helping out, he's clearly really enjoying himself. But he got set up by Kate's mum, Eleanor Bishop, played by Vera Farmiga. And I completely blanked on the fact that she was in it altogether. Now, so you what know a nice a, surprise she was. Yeah, you know I'm a big fan of, of Vera. Like, she is... Um, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. So, always a pleasure to see it. Her character, like... Sometimes she's just, you know, seems like a very, you know... Uh, demanding mother um sort of a bit in control you know in terms of like her relationship and you know like integrating that you know, like oh this is the new dynamic of our family this is this is this and then she's got like 
her business stuff on the side and we find out a little bit more about that after and it's sort of I never quite gauged where her, the mum sat with things and then it all kind of culminated com, culminated culminated oh, it's a hard word to say right now um with her having a conversation with Kate in the last episode where it was sort of like all of their conflict just kind of got wrapped up in, in a quick sort of one minute conversation I was like oh cool and then she got taken away and that was and that was it yeah and there's, yeah, there's pretty- other things there's other things going on around Eleanor's character but I want to save that for now there's a couple of other characters we could talk about first but Linda Cardellini back as Laura Clint's wife but there's yep. this thing going on isn't there there's the watch Oh my, to get the watch back. And you're like, wow, what is it? What is the watch? What is the big mystery? And you know what? When we get to the end, Clint gets the watch back. It gives it to Laura. She turns it over. It's got the shield logo. Mm. And you, that's what a spy organization needs branding. But anyway, (laughs) that's a a thing that shield do. It's on the underside. It's not like they're flashing it. Oh, I know, but still, it's it's an imprint that would leave on your wrist. Hell. But it's like, oh, is that it? Is that, you know, they were worried about the watch. I thought, you know, even though it's, you know, they could have just said something like, oh, we've got the watch back, which is good because of dot, dot, dot could have happened. But we get we get nothing. It's led to a lot of people online speculating that Laura is really Mockingbird, I mean, who I was mean, an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Is that not what the reveal was telling us? Well, I hope not, to be honest, because Mockingbird was established on Agents of Shield. We've had yes, that character already. Yes, but that and show, we're getting that show was bollocks. Hey, so <laughs> dicey. It's very dicey now. Right, isn't these it? days, these days, yeah. What what's uh, what's canon? What's not? I mean, it all was at one point. Inhumans? Did that still happen? Who knows? Oh, but, yeah. but if they're if they're going to say that Laura was Mockingbird, that would pretty much Stick the boot in to Ages of Shield. Oh, look, sometimes but anyway, I was in, sometimes I don't look. I, I, I was a bit let down by that. I I'm like, oh, is that it? Yeah, I found the reveal being like, okay, you know, that's nice. <laughs> something for that character to be maybe something bigger at some point. Maybe at least we know that she's got some skill set. Kind of ties into okay, that's more reason why you know Nick Fury helped them. It wasn't just helping Clint, it was helping Laura as well. Good stuff. My gripe, though, was the fact that the show really kept pushing the watch is important. The watch yes. is important. It wasn't, okay, here's a watch, and then us as an audience, we're idiots, and we're like, oh, the watch is really important. I bet it's going to be something big, and then it wasn't anything. That wasn't us. That was the show. Every time it was like previously on Hawkeye or whatever they say, it was like the watch, the watch. Everyone's after the watch. Echo's after the watch. Blah, blah, blah's after the watch. They want the watch. Clint needs the watch. Why did anyone else want the watch? I get why he wanted the watch. I mean, the thing is, I mean, they just we, I mean it. it's obviously the watch is evidence of something, but just showing us that it's his shield issued watch. That, okay. Plug. And I get it. Like, okay, it's you know, it's something interesting, but like, what can you do with it? Does it do spiffy things? Like, does it have information inside of it? Does it like what does it do besides be a watch? Is it literally a watch that has a shield? I mean, this, this shows a one and done. 
like it's it's like a TV event. They're, they're not looking at doing a second season of Hawkeye. So it's not like What If, where it's getting a second season. So I don't know. So it's it's not as if it's going to go into a second season, like the mystery of the watch. So it's either going to get left, we could, um, or it's going to be. In well, we're, obviously, we're going to see Clint Barton again. We're going to see Laura again. So I mean, you know, Do you know we, what? we could find maybe, out more. Hey, maybe, maybe they're going to keep Jamie Renner on TV. We're getting so many Marvel shows. We're getting Secret Invasion with Nick Fury. I mean, we're getting Scrolls, Shield. We're getting an Echo show. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's your uh, leading. Talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. We've got <laughs> Allegra Cox's Maya Lopez, also known as Echo, the deaf commander of the tracksuit mafia. I know this character from reading Daredevil comics back when I think Brian Michael Bendis was on the on the book. And you know, interesting enough character, but ahead of this show and seeing her in this show, like the idea that they're going to give her her own series. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, she's an interesting character. You know, you get the backstory. Her dad is murdered. She blames Ronan. Well, he killed him. So the motive is there. I just, I don't know. Like when they first announced an Echo show and then we saw the character here, I mean, they obviously know what they're doing. They're going to build a whole show around her. So we're going to get a spin-off. So maybe the watch is going to play into Echo. Maybe that's where it's going to turn up next. Maybe it won't. And the watch was, like I said, just a waste of time. <laughs> the, the, I, I, I'm asking the question, why? Why Why do a spin-off for this character? I like, I, From what we got here, I mean, anything interesting about her character was linked to trying to get vengeance on the Ronin or Hawkeye. That's done now, essentially. So I'm like, anything interesting that we've been exposed to is has been completed. We're done with that. Yeah. So they would have to bring in something new to be interesting. And I'm like, well, what is that? Because the character wasn't that interesting. Like, it's, it, I mean, it's cool. Like, she's, um, she's, She's deaf. She's using like sign language to communicate. She's obviously, you know, quite talented in the fighting department and all of that. She's got some interesting family relations. Um, but other than that, it's like, unless it's not really her show, maybe it's actually going to be more of another character's show. But it's going to be about her, if you know what I mean. Um, I don't know. I don't see... Nothing about her character. I got to admit, anytime she was on screen and interacting with, like, you know, like her mate, that guy, I can't remember his name. I feel like it's not important. Or like anyone from the tracksuit mafia. Like, if we want to talk about them, they're like, what a joke. Um, oh, no, do you know what? They're supposed to be. They're ridiculous. Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, they're the tracksuit mafia. That's, they're essentially stormtroopers. Like, they're, they're not very good at their job. Like that that's yeah, I I like the tracksuit mafia in this. Yeah, like yeah, they're playing that role for that purpose to be like they're not meant to be an immense threat. Although suddenly they went from you know having like six guys to you know in the, end, in the last episode there's like 
a hundred of them or something. Oh, there's always more it's, of them, but it's it's but this they're silly. They're supposed to be silly, and that's why you've got that one scene where Kate's giving relationship advice, and that one guy takes and uses the advice. Well, yeah, again, he's, that he's updating funny, her on yeah. on how it went. So it it works. The the tracksuit mafia in this are working the, the way they're issue, supposed to. The main issue I've got with them, not the fact that they are silly, it's the fact that they're silly and then it's related to, can I just say it? Like, when we, in, when we, when we get the kingpin side of it, it's like, what, when we, we'll talk, I'll talk about it more when we, we talk kingpin because I don't know if we want to jump the gun. Just well, you've um, you've did I open it up? You've started. Oh. You've opened it up. I mean, let's let's do it. Okay, but let's take a step back. I know <laughs> because we talked off air. I knew that you was a little bit behind on Hawkeye, and I didn't want to spoil anything. <laughs> but for but for me though, it was a great experience. On what would it have been? So on the Wednesday night, I watched episode five of Hawkeye. And then it was revealed that Kingpin was in it. And it was Vincent D'Onofrio reprising the role from the Netflix Daredevil series. And then the next day, I went to the cinema to see Spider-Man No Way Home. And this is a movie that has made over a billion dollars. So I know I'm going to spoil something here, but I'm confident people listening have seen that film. Charlie Cox is back as Matt Murdock. So it was, it was great. Wednesday, Kingpin. Wow. And then Thursday, getting to see Matt Murdock. It was, for me, it was a good way of experiencing yeah, that see, reveal. That is, that is a different, like, experience, I suppose. Now, you know what? I remember even asking you, hey, I'm, you know, I'm not caught up with Hawkeye just yet. You know, going into watch Spider-Man, you know, like tomorrow, whenever it was. Is there any sort of connection or Easter egg or something that ties into, and you blatantly said no and i suppose you didn't know at the time but because oh, i didn't know i not no no i've not seen spider-man <laughs> no, completely that's completely fair it is completely fair your answer was yeah. no i mean it wasn't but i know but yeah. whether i watched spider-man oh yeah <laughs> there is there was a connection like, it makes but sense. do you know do you know what i mean you know we've all got disney plus subscriptions we all go out to the movies <laughs> to watch these marvel studio movies i really could have but i the, really should have been caught up that's i really i know it was, but my the, fault. it was my fault the confidence of marvel like do you know what let's put hawkeye on tv on wednesday and let's put the movie out on thursday because that's how it's intended to be watched but just the confidence that they're doing that way is in yeah people are going to watch our stuff straight away and i did <laughs> it's okay so that all aside all, all good fun all good fun so you know obviously like we, we're getting these these actors returning as these same characters and you know like we've talked multiverse conundrums and dilemmas and stuff at nauseam when we talked no way home and loki and all those kind of good things now when we get this vincent d'onofrio version of the kingpin in this show Look, and I, I don't know if there's any sort of story point or beats that they're going to maybe address or utilise later, maybe something related to maybe he was blipped and he's lost power or something. But the kingpin that we're getting in this show, 
makes me believe that he is not the same kingpin from daredevil now me and my theories you know i've been very wrong especially when it came to things in no way home I'm still kicking myself for it but you know it is what it is um but you know i'm fairly i'm fairly confident this is a new interpretation of the kingpin character i know i just know i'm going to be wrong saying this but i'm, I'm i don't know it's, yeah it's just, i think you are i think you, i think you're wrong i think it's the same universe but it's told his character we're getting him through the prism of this show. And the MCU does this. Like if it has a character appearing somewhere else, tonally, it's going to fit the film or TV show. It's not just just the tone because it's like Vincent D'Onofrio's performance and and what he's doing with the character is the same. You know, like he's, he's still... He's like delivering lines. He's given like a gruff thing. Number one, in in Daredevil, like he's so, like he's of this certain standard caliber. um, You know, he's a man where like he will wear a suit to any event. He will surround himself with the best type of people. He's nothing but high class all the way. And in this, Number one, all we see him interacting with is the, the ridiculous, the stupid bloody, and I know it's for laughs, the, the tracksuit mafia. When we see him, he's wearing these tacky Hawaiian shirts. He's in this like, just this shack with like these tacky little knickknacks and beads and stuff. This is not Kingpin. What, I, it like, is. It absolutely is. No. So this is Kingpin from the comics. So Listen, for years... This is from Kingpin from Vincent, the but this is not the Kingpin Vincent, that we got in the Daredevil show. It's not. It's, it's Unless they explain it in some way like that he's, you know, he was blipped and he's back and he's lost power and he's pretty much got no money, he's got nothing, he's working his way back up. He wants to get back to that, you know, that regal class that he was at, but he's not quite there, so he's surrounding himself by beads and tacky little bobbleheads and random shit on the wall. It's 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 okay on, to say he's this he's he's a version of Kingpin from the comics. That's all good. I'm all for it. No, 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 and it, no, no, not just not just the comics, and not it, it's the look is the comics. The character is still looking to be a continuation from the Netflix series. On Kingpin's portrayal in the show, directors Bert and Bertie said they wanted to take into account the character's presence that was established in Daredevil. D'Onofrio considered the role a continuation of his portrayal in Daredevil with a difference in physical strength but still operating through the pain of his childhood. He played the character considering that Fisk had regained power after losing status during the blip. He added that the portrayal was done with an eye on connecting as many dots from Daredevil to Hawkeye as possible but acknowledged that some aspects, such as his enhanced physical strength, could not connect back. So it's it's a bit of both. But just let me go back to, you, know, you talk about a tacky shirt that he's wearing. There was a Spider-Man comic a few years ago. I think it was Spider-Man Family Matters. And on the cover to that, Kingpin's wearing his classic white suit, but underneath he's wearing that red Hawaiian shirt that he's wearing in the show. Back when D'Onofrio was playing Kingpin on Netflix or for the Daredevil show, he had that comic cover with his screensaver on his computer. So he'd looked at that 
so many times. So when it came about them having him appear in this show, he was the one that was driving that look for the character. And again, that's all very sound and that sounds great. But like to me, I'm reading that as, hey, we're, we're bringing the same actor back to play the same character, but we're now doing our own thing with it, which makes me think, okay, look, they, they're kind of, they're still distancing themselves and kind of like, oh, we're going to bring him in, but it's going to be our own thing. So in a way, problem, it's not the, the problem same character, is, but it is, I mean, I'm, but it's not. I'm taking, I mean, for me, it is. It's the same actor. It, it For me, I'm absolutely accepting it as the same character. Only, you know, it's maybe portrayed a little differently. But the issue is that nobody's coming out and saying. Like having Matt Murdock once again played by Charlie Cox, three seasons, Netflix, MCU, and now he's in the movie Spider-Man. Nobody's saying. We don't know. So it's it's a bit odd that nobody's really committing either way. But I liked seeing Kingpin here, but you know, seeing him throw a little girl around, like even though she's a 22 year old, oh, yeah. was different to you know what we'd seen before. But there's an argument for him pulling his punches because he clearly knows that she's the daughter of Eleanor. And although they've had a back and forth relationship and Eleanor's looking at pulling away from him, he clearly has a fondness for her. So like if he was going like full kingpin, Kate's not walking out of there. So you've got to think he was pulling his punches. I mean, the, like, oh, actually, no, actually, the way that it ends and you, you hear the gun go off. Oh, and I'm like, nice, absolutely time. ridiculous. No way, not in a million years. You know, we've wanted to see him back as the character for so <laughs> long. To finally get him here and then to kill him, if that's actually what happens, which again, not in a million years, I believe He's off that. screen. He's not. What there. a waste. Okay. What a waste. But it sounds like I had a much better time with Kingpin than you did. I See, thought like, it was great seeing well, him I've, back. I've said it previously. Like, if they were, you know, even if they were to say, hey, look, look, we're, we're, we're gonna do our own thing with you know some of the net with the Netflix characters, but if but we're gonna bring over some actors to reprise the same roles, you know, like you know, take it like the the J.K. Simmons of it all, you know, that similar sort of thing. Like yeah, you know, like same character but just new kind of interpretation. If they were to do, I've always said like Vincent D'Onofrio is up there. I would like he fantastic kingpin. It's just what they did with him in this in this show. Like I'm just like this isn't this was not an enjoyable kingpin. I didn't enjoy watching him. The scene where you know, you know, Kate Bishop's mom confronts him in his little tacky office thing and threatens him with you know like evidence that she's got, and he just like cowers. He's just like oh no no please you know like if he wanted to, and maybe it's because you know like he's got some fondness and stuff for her. He could have just grabbed her by the throat and you know like threw his power around and been like you know. You can threaten me all you want, but like, no. Think of all the things I could do in retaliation to you doing that. And if if it all comes down to the fact that he has no power at this point in time or doesn't have as much, then he's got really nothing to lose, essentially. So, I mean, I, I don't know. And then he's now suddenly got all this super strength and like he can take like an exploding arrow to the gut and like nothing happens to him. 
And then I'm, I'm just assuming off screen when he got shot, he probably just bounced the bullet off him because, you know, <laughs> I mean, he's he's made a move. We've all, we've all watched Spider Man, the animated series in the 90s. Oh, like, I that's get how it. The, like, that's yes. how the character is in the comics. Like, he's, he's a big guy and he's got strength. Hey, even Michael Clark Duncan in the Daredevil film with Ben Affleck, he had some extra strength, but is Not he quite what we're seeing here? Is he a super powered being? Yes or no? No. Or- no, then, Wilson Fisk is not super powered. Then make him strong, He's just menacing, and be able to take some punches and, you know, get it done. And of course, you know, like someone that size would be able to beat up a 22 year old girl of Haley Stanley's stature. Of course. No, it, but it was, like, not inti- it was not intimidated by Eleanor. He's got a fondness for her. And that's what it was. Yeah. And that's him giving her some leeway. But again, I thought it was great seeing. Fisk in this and yeah the return of the kingpin I'm very I'm pleased to see him and hopefully even if it's just on TV we get Vincent D'Onofrio to stick around because there's well, so I many just, Marvel shows I just want him out. to just do better stuff with it I just feel well, like I was that... I was happy yeah. I no, was like, happy I just to see see him back they brought him back and he they just kind of made a joke of him. Why would he surround himself by idiots like the, the, the tracksuit mafia? Because like, it's the sto- it's the show, it's the story, and yeah, and that's I'm, yeah, it's it's it, fine. The tracksuit mafia, they're just one of many gangs who who work for him. It's it's fine. I think it would have been it better. Worked, it worked for it, me. It would have been better if they just like they reintroduced the character. But then they keep him as this very mysterious, overlooking threat. They never actually get to come face to face with him because he's on such a high, you know, high regard and stature and all or whatnot. And then it sort of just lays the ground, teases us a little bit of like he's gonna be back and he's gonna be awesome. That way, they don't have to actually integrate him into this, you know, yeah. fun but, you Christmassy know, they... TV MCU show. They just. Name drop. The I mean, they, get, they, they show us clearly. Him, but then, uh, I don't know. Clearly, just, it worked for me. It's because of who Kate is and who Eleanor is. That's why he's pulling his punches. Like, we find out that it was Kingpin all along that Hawkeye was worried about. Because, and this is obviously Clint Barton, Hawkeye. If Clint was to have gone up against Kingpin, it would have been a very different outcome. Kingpin's not pulling any punches. So I think it's because of how he feels about Eleanor and Kate being her daughter. But these are characters that we're going to see again, so we'll have to see where they turn up next. A pleasant surprise, Florence Pugh as Elena Belova, Black Widow from... Was it a surprise? The Black Widow movie. (laughs) I mean, I stupidly, I knew she was going to be in it, but when that character was covered up and then she revealed herself, oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so it was it oh, was great having I was waiting for it. I was waiting for more, it. <laughs> it was great having more of her. And she had a again, she had a great dynamic with with Hawkeye, with Kate. I really enjoyed that. But it it was hard to watch and not in the like it, it was done badly, but just how much hatred she had for Clint because for her Clint was responsible for the death of her sister and it's like wow this is this is insane here we are seeing this character for the second time the same year 
But now on TV, we first got her in the Black Widow film. I'm loving how interconnected it is now, jumping from film to TV. But we have the new Black Widow turning up, and she's she looks... And, you know, we should talk about how this show actually looks. I mean, yes, it's Christmas and there's comedy and all of that, but the stunts, it's like watching an MCU film. Like, I really love that they're bringing that big screen filmmaking to the small screen. And all the stunts were great. So when she's really going for Clint and she's just as skilled in this show as what we've seen previously. But my only thing, though, is that, and it's weird how it all came about because originally the order we got things wasn't supposed to be the order, was it? We were supposed to get Black Widow first and then Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But we got it the other way around, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't really. Like, we've seen it all now. Doesn't really matter. We're on track now. No, it does. No, no, no. Because the way that it was set up, watching the Black Widow film, we finally get to see Elena living for herself for the first time. She's no longer tied to the Red Room. Yeah. And now she loses her sister, and she's a, she's approached at in the she's approached at the cemetery by. Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus. And he's like, oh, okay, so she's going to be like an evil Nick Fury, and she's now recruiting a Captain America. She's recruiting a Black Widow, and she's going to send this new Black Widow to kill Clint. And we got that at the end of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, no, we didn't. We got it at the end of Black Widow. Yeah, and then we didn't. In the order that it should have been, we we then got um, uh, Valentina with Walmart, Captain America um, in, in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Pretty much the same premise, though. Like, it was her approaching this character and being like, you know... It, it is, but I, but I took it as in, like, she's going to recruit these... Like new Avengers, essentially. Make a team, make a team or something. You know, like yeah. have different motivations for each of them for joining. But it yes. seemed like so I, Elena was on this so mission like, alone. That's it. yes, but so like having a Nick Fury type, I thought that okay, so now Black Widow, she has to do this. Yet what we get in this show is like there's like a resolution. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I know what Nat was like. Yeah, she probably would have tried to save the world and she probably wouldn't have let you stop her. Oh, uh, well, okay then. Bye, Clint. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, they essentially, <laughs> I just, I they, uh, they essentially did their own Martha scene with the whistling. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. about to kill him. And then... And I liked it. Whistle. It was, you me, know, a nice little call. Don't back. get me wrong. It, it worked. How but... underwhelming. <laughs> underwhelming. I, I just can't... I thought, like, yes... Elaine is going to want to revenge, but on top of that, she's been hired to do a job, and she has to. I, I just, yeah. But this show, this I'm, show had. Happy, no... I was happy for. A, I was happy for it. Stop trying to kill Hawkeye, I mean, to be yeah, honest. But at the same time, I thought like she was trapped, and she had no choice but to go through with it based on those other appearances. In this show, didn't they like? They made it seem like. Um, what's that? Eleanor had recruited her and she was the one paying her and, and stuff like that to kill her. Yeah, absolutely. She like, hired her. So yeah, that's a good point. Where does 
where where does Valentina fit into it? Like she's not even mentioned in this. Nope. It doesn't even come into. So I'm like, is that a, a retcon? Or is that something they missed? Is it something we're going to address later? I don't know. It just seems like from that post credit scene to the end of this show, that's now resolved. I guess. So it's like okay. Like if Valentina was to then approach Elena again, would she be like, like I don't know, like why why did Elena then need to be paid by somebody, Eleanor, for instance, or like when it was seemed like it was her mission for herself? Maybe uh, Eleanor. Yeah. Maybe Eleanor hired her. Elena was looking for Clint already, and that tips her off to his location. I, I'm just trying to help the show out here. And then, yeah, think, and then where does maybe, Valentino come into it? Don't know. Don't know. Like, <laughs> like I say, she's not even not even mentioned. I honestly oh, thought they were going to have her just in the background somewhere. And mm, that's it makes it hard, doesn't it? When there's so much world building, I'm saying I'm enjoying like weaving between TV and film. But even when it's just film, it's a job in itself. It's a job but having to. Itself be focused on what's happening on TV also. Yeah. Look, I mean, a bit the harder. whole, the actual plot with her and the resolution to her versus Clint dilemma, seemed kind of underwhelming. However, I've got to say with this show, you know, it was plotting along. I'll say it now, like I wasn't in love with this show at any given point, but then, you know, Elena shows up and she just has this, much like she did in Black Widow, she just has this ability. Florence Pugh just is able to elevate the show and just bring this magic to it anytime she was on screen. And for the most part, it is just with Kate Bishop, really, and they're just having a conversation. Anytime she was talking to her, just doing stuff, I was like, I'm having fun, I'm having a good time, I'm enjoying this. So a delight to have her back. But, yeah, uh, I loved having her back. We said when we reviewed the Black Widow film, like she was the best thing about that film, and in, she adds in this, like, so much to the show. Bishop, like, oh, so funny! She's just a very funny, <laughs> yeah. likable actress character. It's, yeah, and she like, and Kate calls her out, like, "Are you doing that on purpose? Do you keep saying my full name to intimidate me?" She's like, "Yeah." Yeah, <laughs> oh, but I don't like so good, you, but... you know, like when they're when they're sort of sparring, you know, in the building in the last episode, and you know, like they will stop and they'll have a conversation and they'll compliment each other. It's like you know, like that's really cool. Like, you know, like oh yeah, like you're pretty good at you know doing this. And it's sort of like if she wanted, if Yelena wanted Kate Bishop dead, she'd be dead. Already. Oh, in a, in a second, sort of, yeah, yeah, like she's having fun with this other character, just. Sort of essentially toying with it, but at the same time, actually seeing, you know, like some promise in this in this girl. It's like, yeah, there's something there. So I'd love to see them. If you, you know what, like, if 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 Yelena is a new Black Widow type, and you know, Kate Bishop is a new Hawkeye type, there's your Black Widow and Hawkeye. <laughs> like, it's, I know it's. I want to see different. The, give them yeah. a spin-off. <laughs> Yes, a different dynamic to what we've had before with other characters with that mantle. Yeah, it, it's things like this that makes me so hopeful for the MCU moving forward. Because there's like new actors, new characters, and yeah. it's like, yeah, like this is fun. Like, I mean, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing on this show so much more 
than what I got from Eternals. I mean, <laughs> I mean, a part of those characters are going to return. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? Uh, I mean, did you see twelfth uh, of January? That's when Eternals lands on Disney Plus. Do you know what? I'll so watch, I'm it gonna watch it again. I'll watch it again. I and will. I'll, I'll see how I feel, but you know, I'll watch it again just to check it out. I mean, I can hit pause this time. That might help. <laughs> like when I watched it at the cinema, I could. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, Eternals. There you go. Nice plug for Disney Plus there. But yeah, episode five of Hawkeye. I mean, the way that it was building tension. All the players moved into their final positions, and then we got the finale. And I, I really did. I enjoyed this show. I probably should talk about the the music. We've got composer Christoph Beck. If we're looking at his TV work, he won an Emmy in '98 for his work on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Recently, for Marvel, he did One Division. He was the composer on that. Did you do Spider-Man and, 3 or did I just make that up? Um, I might have made that up. That is, hmm, I know Danny Elfman did the first two. I don't know. That is a good question. I can tell mm-hmm. you what films he did do, and by doing that, I'm probably going to eliminate Spider-Man 3. He did The Hangover, The Muppets from 2011, Frozen, Marvel's Ant-Man 1 and 2, and Frozen 2. That's so probably guessing, that's probably where I'm thinking. I'm guessing and, not. Yeah, Christopher Young did Spider-Man 3. That's where... Ah, ah it, was Chris, it was Christopher's Chris. mixed yeah. up. And this is a Christoph, to be oh, fair. Christoph. Not even, not even, not even a Christopher. <laughs> oh, silly so man. on the big screen, he's done a couple of Ant-Man films on the small screen, because it does have a very MCU sound to it, and I guess that's why. And like you said, you know, like, it does play into let's make these feel as much like the big screen movies as as possible. And music does play a part in that. Not just the visuals, the action, all that kind of stuff, but the yeah, the music for sure. And I did refer to the show in the opening as more of a, a more of an unassuming show compared to the other MCU ones. And I guess just with that, it's just a much smaller scale. Because even something like Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You've got super soldiers, people flying through the air. This is a lot more grounded, although Except we do get the trick arrows. Yeah, except for Kingpin. But <laughs> essentially, his, his it's... Superpowers. But it is... Not superpowers. But super it strength. is more grounded. It's it's more, more street level. And that's why I remember after watching Spider-Man No Way Home, I messaged you saying, hey, wouldn't it be cool, even if it's just the same shot from the film, if they just had Spider-Man swinging by. Now, Spider-Man is a character with superpowers, of course, but he's also a street-level hero. So he's somebody that you could see standing alongside somebody like Hawkeye. I really like the fact they've gone more street-level. A character like Ant-Man, even though he is an Avenger, those Ant-Man films are a lot smaller than what you typically get from other MCU films. Mm. Although with the Ant-Man ones, you know, although smaller stories in scale, it's still, they're dealing with higher concepts with, you know, the tech, the, the technology, the quantum realm. They are, but it was... But I get what you mean. But like it was 100%. just a comparison from TV to film of the MCU. Like that's the comparison I was drawing yeah. there. And we need, you know, everything can't be end of the world type things. We need the gears to be changed. Otherwise, everything becomes stagnant. 
So it is good to have a different element and, you know, just, I think at the end of it, like it is good just to be in New York City, just seeing how things are running, just checking in on certain characters and people and just seeing how the world is ticking over. How is day-to-day life following the, the snap and how is crime and, you know, what's, yeah, what's happening on the ground? And that same by do random shit like blow stuff up (laughs) (laughs) or a plunger arrow, but having street level heroes, you're spending time with people like which you wouldn't normally do outside of a few reaction shots to something big and disastrous happening. Mm. Now, in the past, what we've done with these Marvel shows, I guess I'm saying in the past, I mean, with the first couple, we'd waited until the documentary special had been put out. So on Disney+, Plus, there's the show Marvel Studios Assembled, which is a special that goes behind the scenes, the making of the films or the TV series. There's cast members, additional creatives interviewed. But what they've started to do now, like I remember, was it like the week after or two weeks after? It was soon after the series finale, you'd get the Assembled episode. Whereas now they're waiting a lot longer. So like I say, what was that the 22nd of December? We've got episode six of Hawkeye. We need to wait until the 19th of January to get that the episode a, that is a of lot. Assembled. That's something different. But they've been waiting more and more lately, whereas it was a good thing for us to do. Wait for the episode of Assembled and then we do the podcast. I'll tell, you, Where I'll tell you what, though. I'll tell you what. Even if this documentary episode had been released already, I wouldn't have watched it. I just... Oh, really? I, oh, just I was no just going to say, I'll watch all of them. I've not watched the Shang-Chi one yet. I think it was... I don't know. I think it was either the Black Widow one or the Shang-Chi one where after just watching... the, And maybe it's because they're the ones based on the movies. And but I was just watching them and it was one of them. I watched one of them and I was like... You know, I'm not really actually getting anything from this. It was almost like they were using the documentary to sell you the movie. And it's like, yeah. I've, already, I've already watched it. I've already watched it. Like, stop trying to sell the product and just tell me stories about how you put this all came together and, you know, dive into that. And it just seemed like, oh, yeah, the characters are being like, you know, going through this journey and it's really cool that we're doing this now. And it's just like, okay, cool. That's what I got from, I think it was almost both of them. It was both. And again, it might just be because yeah. they're movies, but I got um, no value out Black of them. Wid- yeah. I got no interest Black in Widow, to watch the docos. Black Widow is the only film one that I've watched, but yeah, it is. It's a different thing. There's just something more interesting about watching a TV series and then seeing a making of. I think also it just, like, it's more appealing to me. You have to like really, I guess, really be into that show though. Because I remember, you know, like when... Like after one division, it was it was like any anything that could tell me about that show and how it came together, I was like, wow, this is insane! It's behind the scenes stuff, you know, the different sets, all you know, all very creative. You know, you know the the best thing I got out of the Loki documentary was just the banter between you know Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson. <laughs> to be honest, the rest of it was just sort of like there wasn't too much like of interest really so i don't know like it's all yeah but again for me i enjoy watching the tv ones i enjoyed watching 
the one on what if it's good to have i just hope they it is it is actually put value into it and not just chuck something together like a promo interesting (laughs) interesting how they've changed it like from watching the finale of hawkeye 22nd of december and then seeing the behind the scenes special on the 19th of january bit of a gap yeah bit of bit of a gap but i've kind of got a feeling on how you feel mm. about the show. But if you're going to rate Hawkeye out of five. Okay, look, it wasn't, to be honest, it wasn't like an agonizing journey. It wasn't like a six hour, like, kill me now watching this. It was, it was fine. Okay. They're the words I'm throwing out. You know, like there were, there were certain moments of, you know, Joy and you know, Spark, you know, Florence Pugh, the stepdad with the mustache, swordsman, whatever his name is, you know, like what was that all about? Um, you know, I did grow to like the Kate Bishop character, you know, uh, throughout the second half of you know, the six episode block. It, it just it took a while, but the overall, like the show, and I, I know the MCU tone, it's this is this is definitely more on the goofy side of of all things, um, and I just think it's tricky when you're dealing with street level and you know real crime and crime lords and you know things like that and you know family drama. If if the tone is a little bit too skewed to one side, any sort of stakes and drama is lost, and then. I don't care. And then it takes me out of it. And when things are happening that like, it's either the first episode or the second, when like Kate ends up at that place, just by chance, just by happenstance, like she ends up with the Ronin suit and then just being like, all of that just happens just like, like it was a, like a written in a script. It was just so coincidental. Well, she was, she was suspicious of of a dad dad. she was suspicious of her mum's boyfriend and it was his uncle that she was suspicious she was investigating was so coincidental it was nutty the the rest of the series does kind of follow that where things kind of just they get lucky there's a lot of lucky stuff happening that at no point i don't know this is a this is a pretty this is another week week one for me and i gotta say like with these mcu let's just say in 2021 with these mcu shows and movies i feel like wandavision we start in such a high place and the tv shows for me anyway have just sort of gotten weaker as we've gone again not counting what if that's a whole other thing we, we talked about it. you've got to count it you've got yeah, to count we, it we've got to, we got to get just just on the live action one they've just kind of each one has sort of been a step down and i feel like hawkeye is now at the lowest step so far for me and even with the movies you know like i've struggled to i've really only enjoyed one okay i enjoyed i enjoyed black widow for the most part but i really only enjoyed shang chi i just feel like 2021 for marvel for me has been I feel like we're doing our year in review already, but it's been, I don't know. I'm now at a point where if you're like, hey, the ne- I don't even know what the next show is, what the next MCU, is it Secret Invasion? I don't know. I think it is, yeah. But, yeah. you know, I'm, this show, 
because I mean, I can't blame this show entirely, but I've gotten to the end of the show and I'm like, I'm now not excited anymore for what's next to come. The MCU really needs to get me back on board. And I know this is a personal thing that I need to deal with. And it's, 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 you know, and it might just be the time of year, the season, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The MCU has not wowed me since WandaVision and I had a good time with Shang-Chi. But other than that, like, I don't know. And I know we just had Spider-Man. We had a whole thing about it. I'm the only one on the planet that has this <laughs> feeling. I get it. I know. Yeah, yeah. Where. But this yep. show, like, keeping keep it with this show, look, it's, to me, I was like, it's it's okay, but there was nothing special. I always do the thing where I'm like, okay, do I want to go back and watch this show again? No, I have no interest in going back and spending another six hours watching this because it's just not worth it. It was fine. I watched it. It's done. I never want to watch it again. I might go back and watch the Yelena scenes. Maybe, I don't know. Like a 2.5 out of 5, I think is fair. It's very middle ground. It's just, it's just okay. I really liked this. I had, <laughs> I had wow. so much fun with this oh. show and just look forward to it week to week for six weeks. There I, was a, there was a reason I fell behind. There was nothing. I, know, I did. It was not well, event television for me. Nothing was making. I said earlier, I knew you was behind. Yeah. Same before doing this podcast, I knew you didn't have the best time of it. I mean, <laughs> that was very, very apparent because if you're liking something, you're up to date. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. It was everything that I hoped it would be based on that run of comics. Yeah, I I really liked it. I mean, yes, it's not perfect. It, it's not. So I'm not going to come in something silly and say that it's a perfect five. But my enjoyment was so high week to week, and it definitely is something. And if I had the time, if I'm honest, I would have watched the whole thing again. I really, I really enjoyed it. I mean, the watch goes nowhere. I liked <laughs> this new take on Kingpin. But it, it's about the Hawkeyes, and they've got such great chemistry and the black widow turning up i just thought it was so much fun it was ridiculous where it needed to be with the track to mafia i thought it was great i really did it was just a lot of fun but again not going to go silly with this but i'm i'm going to come in at a high four out of five wow i thought this was so much fun and just hearing you talking about phase four of mcu for me outside of Eternals, which is the big outlier. That's the one that's like, you know, one of these things is not like the other. And Falcon the Winter Soldier had some really good things going for it, but that's another one that I'd not, I wouldn't put it down there with Eternals, but they're the two examples of, okay, so I'm not having a great time watching this. But the other things we've got from Phase 4, I've really liked. WandaVision, Loki obviously Hawkeye, Spider-Man No Way Home was an event. Like that was an experience. I know, I know, I know. That you I didn't did. enjoy. I didn't. Look, <laughs> and I you talked about at length on the podcast. Two and a half yeah, hours, the, we did. Uh, we did, yeah, a two and a half movie. hour review. Yeah, I've always, I've always kind of said that, you know, sure, you know, a review shouldn't be as long as or longer than the thing it's reviewing. You treat it as, we kind like of a, broke that rule. Use it as a commentary for the movie. As you, as you I mean, yeah, pretty, 
pretty much. But yeah, Hawkeye, I thought it was great. I I really, really enjoyed it. Again, it's not perfect. It doesn't all work, but it was what I needed it to be. It was what I thought it was going to be. A bit tongue-in-cheek, silly, but you've still got the action. I had a good time with it. And having a Christmas theme, the finale, days before Christmas, I thought the timing was perfect. Now, look, I'm always, I'm always happy to hear when you're enjoying things because then I know that these things are, are definitely bringing joy to the world. Oh, thanks, man. I was, I'm still really... I realised as I said, I was like, that, that's a Christmas carol. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still disappointed for your experience with Spider-Man No Way Home. Hey, look, I'll watch it again. And maybe if I... Oh, look, I still gave it a three out of five. Come on. Come on. That was, I know. I know. I know. Yeah, okay. I, I think at the end of it all, it's like, I think we can still have fun and have a smart, intelligent movie. We don't have to sacrifice clever storytelling for for in, enjoyment. We can have both. And the MCU has proved that they can do that. They can make smart things that make sense and there's logic to the characters and the story and the plot and how things are unfolding. This show doesn't have that. It's it's not clever. There's some cool characters. I like cool interactions. I like funny that. Moments. You like how it's stupid. I like that. <laughs> I like that it's connected, but it's not a slave to what's come before. Like it doesn't have to match tonally. But anyway, we've and done so it. So you I agree? Had a fun time. You agree they can they can bring back an actor and reinvent them as the same character, but a different version of that character. You agree, right? Hey, all I see is Kingpin. That's that is all I see. <laughs> Well, that's it for our episode all about Hawkeye. If you want to contact us about this episode or request a topic for an upcoming show, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. Jason, thanks for being on the show today. That's that's okay. I'm sorry I hate things too much. But... <laughs> oh, well, hopefully <laughs> you like the next MCU show. I'm pretty sure you're right. It is... It is going to be Secret Invasion. Hi, Sam like, Jackson's in that. I'll be back. I'll talk about. I'll talk about some some Sam Jackson action. Wow. As always, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>